Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show Back after a week off For the uh, Thanksgiving festivities And uh How's everybody feeling? How's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody's back in their normal groove Normal routine Feeling good, feeling great Uh I'm not doing so well Look, I'll be honest with you Uh, the the weekend was tough The weekend was tough Uh, I'm sure you know why It was not a, uh It was not a good weekend For the old Buckeye faithful We'll get into that later I'll give you plenty of advance warning I'll be honest, I wanted to do a very Like, I wanted to do a separate special episode Dedicated just to that Because I felt like there's a lot of you who listen to this Who aren't necessarily Ohio State fans and probably don't care, quite honestly. But those of you who do, um, you probably share in my pain and disappointment. And I got a lot to say about it. So at the end of the show, I will leave all that till the end. And uh, we'll get into it then. So you have plenty of warning, the ability to just say, hey, heard the show, don't really care about this. I'll get out of here. I'll do you guys that solid and, and condense it all towards the end. So if you if you care to hear my thoughts on the game, uh, stick around. Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time, well, look, look, man, I can't even get the intro right. <laughs> I'm all flustered. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have brought it up. It's that upsetting to me. I shouldn't have brought it up. Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time listening, ah, see. <laughs> If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'll Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. I swear to you, normally it's a lot more organized and clean. Uh, It's just one of those days, I guess. Anyway, I got a lot to get into. Um, No, I don't. (laughs) Let me stop lying to you guys. College football is essentially done. You got championship weekend this week, and then it'll go into the bowl games uh, but the meat and potatoes is done, so we're reaching the end. NFL season is starting to take shape with the uh, the pretenders and contenders. And uh, basketball is just kind of starting to come over the hump of being interesting now because as football dies down, basketball rises up. So let's just get right into it. Let's get into quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. So. Uh, in an interview on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp, which is a really cool show, uh, Michael Vick said something very interesting, and he said that Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, sorry, shouldn't take the max as far as his contract goes. And his reasoning was that it's going to be hard to sign other guys. You're going to have to constantly be restructuring your contract just to make uh, cap space to get other guys to improve the team. And he said you're going to severely uh, limit your potential to win a championship and i said yes finally somebody who is an expert someone who played the game someone who played the position even is coming out and saying what i've been saying all along which is yeah great get the max money you can get get paid an exorbitant amount of money if you want to but when that happens the rest of the team will suffer because there is a hard cap and if we're giving you that much money We're going to have to make cuts elsewhere, meaning your job is going to be a lot harder. And how fun is that? Lamar Jackson's having a blast in football because he's being successful and the team is being successful. If he was successful, but the team was losing a bunch of games, he ain't going to be happy. It's no fun. 
So take the money if you want. Hey, blah, 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 blah. What I'm saying to you, I'm not saying take a $10 million a year contract. No, but you don't need $60 million a year. Take 35 Take 40 even. You don't have to max out. Okay, make sure the team around you could be good. So you're winning, which is going to put you in the spotlight, which is going to give you endorsements out the wazoo. You're you're guaranteed to have life changing money, generational money for you and your family. If you take a slightly lesser contract, make sure the team is really good. Win a bunch of games, be in championship contention every year, get a bunch of endorsements. You're going to be happier for it in the end. So the Jets started uh, Mike White over Zach Wilson uh, this past weekend, and he came and balled out, balled out, 22 of 28, 300 plus yards, a couple touchdowns, played great, right? So now the hype train is starting. What I would warn people is, whoop, it's one game, okay? It's one game against a bad team in the Bears. They're not very good. They were also missing some key guys in the secondary. It really wasn't the best game. And they didn't even have Justin Fields playing. And as poor as you think he may be playing this year, and maybe he's not the biggest difference maker, he is definitely a difference maker for that team in comparison to what they have behind him. So don't make it seem like Mike White went out there and beat, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or something or outdueled a, a, a threat at quarterback. It really was a good game for him. Good showing. But... The excitement was there. The hype was there. And to be quite honest, I'm sure the Bears didn't have much tape to look at. I think he's played like, what, five other games? So there's not a lot. So you can't really get a good game plan for a guy because he doesn't have a bunch of film. It's kind of like when rookies come in and it's like, well, we don't know what he's good at and what he's not good at. So let's just do what we want. Right. We dictate the terms. So because of that, I think he had a great um, I think he had a great a great first start now i'm not mad at it but i think the hype needs to die down a little bit i think people need to relax it's not that crazy it's not that great let's just all chill but now that leaves into question what is the future of zach wilson and what do i think should happen with zach wilson look i think he's done right i think you've got a large enough sample size to be able to say hey uh he hasn't really shown enough to make me say, Ooh, yeah, I, I, I want to support this guy. Plus, on top of that, he's got some attitude concerns. And I know all the players now are saying how Mike White, we feel hope and everything's great and da 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 da. And everybody's excited. Of course they are. Of course they are. Because it's the new guy. And, and he came in and he played well. And everybody got theirs. Everybody got a share. But I would say be cautious because if you want to go in that direction, just understand that Mike White was drafted where he was for a reason. And let's not forget that Mike White was benched in favor of Zach Wilson to start the year. And don't give me that, oh, well, it's because Zach Wilson was the number two pick overall. I don't care. I don't think that's the case at all. They benched him. They benched the number two overall pick. So why wouldn't you just say, hey, we're going to start him on the bench and figure out if we can move him? You would want to do that. And maybe you could trade him to a team who's in need of a young quarterback who would like to take the gamble on a guy who loved him maybe coming out of college. But rather than doing what you did this year, which is let him play and get a bunch of bad tape out there, now his, his stock is garbage. So I think they made that decision because they knew he was better ultimately. I think he is better ultimately. But hey, man. Mike White went in there in the perfect situation. I'm interested to see what he does going forward. But I think as far as the Jets are concerned, I think it is over for Zach Wilson. I think you got to let him go. I think if you if you aren't in love with him, 
If he's not doing anything that makes you say, we, we, we're standing by this guy, then uh, it's over. It's over. And I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise. That's enough for quick hits. Real quick hits today, huh? Yeah, but I think as far as Zach Wilson goes, I think if there's nothing that makes you say we got to ride or die with this guy, then it's over. Move on. So speaking of uh, quarterbacks that everyone's in love with, I want to start with something that is fascinating to me. So the 49ers are now the talk of the NFL. They're seven and four. I think they've won four or five in a row. And everyone, I mean, you turn on any station you want to, watch the conversations in there. Everyone's in love with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy G is the best quarterback for this team. Jimmy G is this. He played great. Does it make mistakes? Blah, 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 blah. And I find it incredible. Because I remember, I remember. And maybe I'm the only one. It wasn't too long ago that they were in the Super Bowl and the entire narrative was Jimmy Garoppolo was why they lost the Super Bowl. If they had a better quarterback, they would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, they can't win a Super Bowl. Can Jimmy G win a Super Bowl? Should the 49ers move on? Remember all that? Is it just me? Never forget. Jimmy Garoppolo was blamed for them losing a Super Bowl. Now, a few years later, Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason why they can win a Super Bowl. Oh, how quickly things change. And this is where I say, this is where, again, you're going to hear it from me forever and ever. The argument I have over being results-based, this is why it falls apart. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is really good now because they're 7-4 and and they're winning a bunch of games. Oh, let him lose a game. Let him lose two or three games. Now, all of a sudden, the conversation goes the other way. Ooh, is Jimmy Garoppolo holding his team back? Well, hold on now. He's the same guy. If it's working and they're winning, regardless of what Jimmy Garoppolo does, all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. If they start losing, regardless of what Jimmy Garoppolo does, now the question becomes, can Jimmy Garoppolo win? Is he holding them back? And I can't wait for it to happen because if they get into the playoffs and they're one and done, guess what? The conversation starts back up. And let's not forget, this same coaching staff who was playing Jimmy Garoppolo traded a whole bunch of picks, a huge package to trade up in the draft to get Trey Lance when they had Jimmy Garoppolo because they knew Jimmy G is not really the guy we feel like can take us over the hump. We feel like, ultimately, he's going to mess it up. He's going to throw a costly turnover. He's going to miss the big throw. He's not really, we don't We don't think that he's the guy. We think this young guy could come in and give us something Jimmy G can't. They made that decision with Garoppolo post-Super Bowl run. Don't forget that. Don't forget it. Then... Let's not forget that starting the year, they were trying to move Garoppolo. They didn't want him. They wanted to get him out of town so that Trey Lance could be the guy because that's who they were going with. They didn't even want to have him duke it out in camp. Nah, Jimmy G's on the block. And you know what? Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him. Everyone else in the NFL said, ah, I'm not doing that. 
because what the 49ers were asking for, because it's a quarterback, it's probably at least a two. That's what we gave up. Give us our money back at least. And everyone said, nah, he's not really worth that. Not worth it. The Cleveland Browns went out and guaranteed a guy coming off of a one-year suspension who they knew would be spended for at least half the year this year. They guaranteed him $230 million instead of trading any draft picks to get Jimmy G. Nobody wanted him. Now, look, I understand. Look, I love the fact that he's playing and the team loves him and all the guys in that locker room are rallied around him. And, yo, this is our guy. This is our homie. Ride or die. We don't care. We want to play for him. I love all that. I'm not mad at Jimmy G. I'm not mad at the team. I'm not even saying that Jimmy G can't win a Super Bowl. I'm not even saying he shouldn't play. I'm not saying they should have traded him or traded for Trey Lance. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is you, you so-called experts told me Jimmy G was going to hold them back. And now you're telling me Jimmy G is really good. He just doesn't make mistakes, guys. He's just so steady, so mature, so poised. Oh, yeah, that's what you're saying now. You weren't saying that two years ago. You weren't saying that in the summer when they were saying they should move off Jimmy G. Now that he's playing and they're winning some games, the defense looks amazing. They haven't given up any points in the last four second halves. Come on. They won 13 to nothing against the Saints at home. 13 points. And yet the talk in post game was how well Jimmy G played. 13 points. 13. Okay. I guess we're living in fantasy land now. I guess now, as long as you win, doesn't matter how, you played great. Come on now, guys, stop. Stop it. Look, if you can't tell, I'm a little cranky. (laughs) But look, I'm cranky. I have the Ohio State-Michigan analysis on the back burner, but it's seeping through my pores of how upset I am, and that's why this is bugging me. But my question now is, here's the question now. What's the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Taylor Heineke? Go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and tell me there's a difference. That's right, guys. I got a new, aren't they the same kind of scenario? Taylor Heineke is not very, he's not extremely talented, okay? He's he's a tough player. He plays hard, but that locker room loves him. The re- I almost called him the wrong name. <laughs> the commanders did not want him. They didn't want to start him. They wanted Carson Wentz. They went out and traded for Carson Wentz. This is our guy. He sucked. He sucked it. <laughs> they had no choice. And then he got hurt, right? So Heineke comes in and has to play. And when he comes in, the team says, finally, the guy that we actually want to play for. Same thing that happened in, in, in with the 49ers. They traded for Trey Lance. They brought him in. They said, this is our guy. He gets hurt. You got to put in Garoppolo. The rest of the team says, finally, the guy we actually want to play for. Now they're having success. But for some reason, some reason, they'll look at Taylor Heineke as, ah, you got to You got to replace him. And now all of a sudden, Jimmy G is irreplaceable. Can't replace him. That's your guy. You got your quarterback. Congratulations. But Taylor Heineke, on the other hand, is doing the same exact thing. I'm willing to bet their numbers are probably very comparable. I'm willing to bet that. I haven't even looked. I haven't even looked. And I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm not going. You do it. (laughs) 
I'll, maybe I'll do it next week. But look, all I'm saying is they're both the same in terms of what, what they bring to the team, which is not so much their stats. Jimmy G's stats are not going to wow you. Taylor Heineke's stats are not going to wow you. But what they both do is they give their team an edge. The team believes in them. They believe in them. So why isn't there more hype and attention and praise being heaped on Taylor Heineke? I don't get it. I don't get it. And to be quite honest with you, I think Taylor Heineke deserves more because we've seen Jimmy G fail in the biggest spot. We've never seen Taylor Heineke fail in the biggest spot. The one playoff game he played, everyone who watched that game walked out of it saying, damn, that guy's tough. Hey, that guy gave everything for that win. That guy gave everything. We, we, that guy, man, what a player. What a competitor. What'd they say about Jimmy G? He ain't no good. Unbelievable. Whoo, man. <laughs> well, here's another one. Here's another topic. Uh, in the Monday night game against the Eagles, which, look, if you watch that game and you think the Eagles are really as good as 10-1, and 1, if you think they're really the top of the league and, ooh, man, oh, man, favorite to win a chip, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. That's not even what I want to talk about. Jordan Love had to play because uh, Aaron Rodgers went in with uh, a rib injury. And the conversation now is, should you just sit Aaron on the bench and let him get healthy and let Jordan Love play? Or do you put Aaron Rodgers in if he's feeling good enough to play? And all this says to me is, look how badly you blew this opportunity and look look how you mishandled the Aaron Rodgers situation. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. You completely fumbled it. Because, all right, all right. Because think of this. If Jordan Love, first of all, you gave Aaron Rodgers a three-year extension for $150 million. So you're paying him $50 million for the next three years. That's problem number one. The rest of your team is not nearly good enough to say we can pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million. They're not good enough. It's a waste of money. Aaron Rodgers isn't good enough to carry a team anymore. He's not. And not only is he not good enough to do it anymore, I don't think he really wants to anymore. Because quiet as it's kept, everything I hear, every time you watch the games, every time you hear analysis on the Packers, the comment is Aaron Rodgers is so used to having to carry the load and everything happens through him. Now they can just run the ball. They should run the ball. When they run the ball... The offense looks better. When Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do it all, they look better. Hmm. Hmm. When was the last time you heard them say, hey, if Kansas City ran the ball and Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do it all, they'd be great. Never. Never. You know who they say it about? They say it when guys are no longer at that elite level anymore or when guys aren't performing at that elite level. Then they say, hey, maybe we should incorporate something else, too. For dec- Yo, for the last 10 years, no one ever said that that the Packers need to run the ball. Well, I cared. Aaron Rodgers is going to slice you up. Who cares about running the ball? We don't need to do that. Right? Now, look, we all know that, you know, you have to run the ball in the NFL. that would be balanced because it makes blah, 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 all that other stuff. Right. We all know that the cliches. But the reality is when you have a guy like Mahomes or like Aaron Rodgers in their prime, 
You don't need to do that. When the Broncos had Peyton Manning, they didn't need to run the ball. It was like, we don't care. We'll do short passes. That'll be our run game, screen game, right? I'm just being honest. We all know it's true. But now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he needs to run the ball. Packers need to run the ball. Take it off. Take a little load off Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. Why? Because everybody knows he's not really into it no more. He's not as committed as he once was. It's not just, I can't be the only one that sees it. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you've had a, the whole career. Like, 15 years, bro. That's a long time. These guys all retire at 40, 38, 40. And it's like, their life, they got a whole nother life to live. So when you're hosting Jeopardy, when you're going on ayahuasca trips, when you're having all of this, these things going on outside of the game, like, yeah, the game seems a little bit more insignificant. In the big picture, it really doesn't seem as important. Look, as a fan, if you step back and you just say, what are we doing here? Look at what I'm doing. I'm sitting here speaking on a microphone to you about sports, something that does not actually matter at all in the grand scheme of your life what do you get when your team wins the championship nothing what do you get when your team loses nothing it genuinely does not matter but but in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter but like for your everyday life it's fun it's entertainment it's it's uh it's exciting. You get invested emotionally. I'm there with you. Don't get me wrong. I am just as fanatical as any one of you. I will be I was depressed <laughs> Saturday night. Let me tell you. Sunday I woke up thinking, "Oh, is it Saturday? Was that all a dream?" Yes, I am a looney tune just like the rest of the fans. I'm there with you. That's why I'm hosting the show. But again, we can all be honest and say, hey, my team didn't win the championship. I'm not losing my home. I'm not losing my car. My wife's not divorcing me. I'm not losing my job. At the end of the day, you know, ah, next year, right? And I think that's where Aaron Rodgers is, where he says, this is my job, but there's more to life than just this. And so I think that's why I think his interest is kind of being torn in other places. But let's get back on track. The reason why I say they blew this situation is because imagine if you have to play Jordan Love now, you have to make a decision, right? Because after this year, number one, actually, you know what? They don't. I do. Let me let me let me start over because I'm I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm 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 really passionate about this topic and I feel like I'm right. Your record with Aaron Rodgers is what four and eight, four and seven. Right. Okay. So you're not getting to the playoffs, right? You're not going to make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback making $50 million a year. And if you tell me we're going to be better next year, why? You've never attracted free agents ever. You don't. That's not what people don't go to Green Bay. All right. And as far as drafting goes, you have a history of poorly drafting players. You kind of get okay drafts. Right. So your route to get better and greatly improve is very minimal. And the Bears made a couple moves and got a bunch of draft picks, so they potentially could get better. You got the Lions who were better, right, who can continue to improve, right, because they've got to fill in a couple pieces, but they can certainly continue to get better and be on the upswing, and that's a tough out for you. And then you have the Vikings, 
which the Vikings are the Vikings, and they're good, and they have ways that they can improve, but they're going to be a problem for you. So now you're a losing team with an overpaid quarterback and then a, his backup, which you drafted to replace the starter, but never actually pulled the trigger on it. So now he's going to end up being a waste too. And now where are you? You're going to be good enough to pick in the middle of the draft after, later in the draft, than you need to be if you want to get a top-tier quarterback in the draft. And this is a good year for quarterbacks. This would be a good year for quarterbacks if you wanted to draft one. But you can't. You can't draft one because you have Aaron Rodgers. You have Aaron Rodgers. So you can't even, you can't even, you can't even draft a quarterback. Because you're not, because even if you did, like, where is he going to go? He's not going to start. Not for the next two years. And you're not bad enough to pick in the top four, right? Top three where you need if you want to get one of these quarterbacks. So you're either going to have to trade up again, like you did for Jordan Love, and then further confuse everybody. Like, why are you doing that with Aaron Rodgers to hopefully get your quarterback of the future? So now you're in the same mess you were in before. But now imagine this scenario. You move off Aaron Rodgers. You trade him. And I know everyone was afraid of you don't trade Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. Well, look what happened with Russell Wilson. Seattle moved off Russell Wilson. He went to Denver and looks like an absolute train wreck. So you're not necessarily going to trade your guy. He's going to go to another franchise and win a Super Bowl. That's not guaranteed to happen. He might go there and be like Russell Wilson and be a train wreck. Or if he does go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, hey, we're trying to move forward. Right? Yo, that rain is fierce. Whoa, y'all hear that? That's the rain on uh, Trash Can Studios. <laughs> Anyway, so now imagine a scenario. You start at camp. You get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You get a couple draft picks. Maybe you get a player in return, right? But now you have Jordan Love from day one of camp. He's the guy. You go through a whole training camp with him, a whole preseason. You start the season. You go through the whole season with him. You have a huge body of work now to evaluate him on and say, is this our guy? Worst case scenario, you do that. You get through the whole season. You're a train wreck, a disaster of a year. He's awful. You're picking in the top three of the draft. Guess what? You now are in position to draft your quarterback of the future. And you didn't have to give anything up to get it. Best case scenario, Jordan Love goes out there, performs amazing, right? And you say, whoa, this guy's really good. We can build around him. He's our guy. Moving forward, we got our guy. Now you use, even if he, even if the season's terrible, but he's good. You can now say, well, we got a top three pick now to give him a weapon of his choice. What does he need? What could we do to help him now? But instead, you're again, like I said, stuck in no man's land. Because if you're not winning a championship, then what's the point? If Aaron Rodgers isn't going to win you a chip, then what's the point of keeping him around at $50 million? Because if you're not winning and you're not like you're not at the bottom of the league, but you're not at the top. You're just floating around in the middle. Like who wants to be there? That's the worst place to be as a fan. Is eight and eight. And now I guess in this point, eight and nine, nine and eight. Like that's terrible. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be middle of the road. And that's where you are. Congratulations, Green Bay. You blew it. 
So I, so watching Monday Night Football, like I'm sure many of you did, I watched Kenny Pickett. And, you know, if you know me, you know, coming from draft talk last year, I was very down on Kenny Pickett. And I, I made the case that Kenny Pickett wouldn't be a top six prospect in any of the last five drafts, right? I went back, right? And said, where would you rank him with those? You wouldn't rank him above any of those guys. He wouldn't be a, a top he wouldn't be a fourth round pick in those drafts, right? But I said this was such a bad quarterback class that he was able to elevate as maybe being the best one. I don't think he was at all. But he, and so I've been a hater. I've been a hater. I've been down on Kenny Pickett from the beginning. I think the fact that he was the only first round quarterback taken and it was only taken by Pittsburgh, I think that was the only team that was going to take him. I think Kenny Pickett wouldn't have got drafted by any other team but Pittsburgh in any of the top four rounds. I don't. I think Pittsburgh loved him because they love him. And I think they looked past a couple factors, a couple clear factors to me that now the uh, the NFL world is looking past too. So if you were watching the game like I was, then you heard multiple occasions uh, them praising good throws. Oh, that's a good throw by Kenny Pickett. Oh, you know, he needs to, like, it was almost like participation trophy. It was almost like we're going to give him credit for doing simple things. I watched that game and couldn't believe how many times he was throwing the ball and it was like to the line of scrimmage. Or how many times he was throwing the ball and it was like a five or six yard throw. Like he doesn't push the ball downfield at all. If he throws it over 10 yards, it's a it's a shock. It's surprising. And if he tries to push the ball downfield, like the one throw to George Pickens, where they, where Troy Aikman said it straight up, I don't know if it was meant to be a back shoulder, but it was a good throw. Like, it wasn't meant to be a back shoulder. <laughs> that ball died. And then I was getting more and more mad, and I started realizing, what is my real issue with Kenny Pickett? And here's my issue. My issue is, I think for whatever reason, people are overlooking this one key fact of why I believe Kenny Pickett's not the guy and won't be the guy long term. What we what was exciting about Kenny Pickett and what was raved about by Kenny Pickett is his maturity, how many games he's played, how experienced he is in college football. He played for four years. He played so many games. He's experienced. He's not coming in as a guy who's only got one year of experience and you don't know what he could do. No, he's got four years of tape you were able to watch. That's a great thing, right? Except those kind of guys who come in a little older, more mature, more experienced, those guys don't get the benefit of having, oh, he's still learning. Oh, he's still got to adjust to this and that. No, 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 no. If you're that experienced, you should be further along than the other guys. You should pick it up a lot quicker than the other guys because, yo, you you way more experienced than this. You should be able to come in and have more command of the offense. You should come in and be basically he's closer to his ceiling than anybody else's. Because, of course, there's a difference in speed. Uh, he's coming from. What, the ACC? That's not nearly... It's not like he was coming from the SEC, where it's like, those are all NFL guys. No. 
he's coming from a weaker conference. So, yeah, of course, he's got to adjust to the speed and everybody being the best player in the world. Like, I, I get all of that. There is a learning curve. I'm not saying there's not. But he's closer to where his max is than the other guys who are coming out as underclassmen. Right? Like, Justin Fields wasn't as close to his ceiling as Kenny Pickett is. There was some wiggle room to say, well, he can improve still. Kenny Pickett is a finished product. What you drafted is what you're going to get. And what you got and what you drafted was a guy who in college could excel where the windows are wide open, where if I'm throwing it deep, the guy's open by five, seven yards, where I can run around and do all the things I want to because it's college. There's going to be some really bad teams that I'm going to beat up on. It's not like that in the NFL. Can't do that. So when I watch Kenny Pickett, that's what he is. This is as good as he's going to be in terms of arm talent. He don't have it. In terms of maturity and who he is as a person and how hard he works, I don't question any of that. I think Kenny Pickett would be a great backup. I think he's closer to Colt McCoy than he is anybody else. A guy that can come in and on short notice for a short period of time, really produce and be solid and quality for you. But man, man, he no, no. There's no potential with him. He is what he is. He's a finished product, basically. So when you watch the games, just next time, next time I watch him play, I'm going to grab a a piece of paper and I'm just going to write a tick for every time he throws it under 10 yards. And I guarantee you, if he throws the ball 25 times in a game, 22 of them are going to be under 10 yard throws, which means your entire offense is just dink and dunk your way up the field, which is why. Which is why they almost lost that game. That's why. Because you have no, like, there's no threat. So you have a guy like George Pickens, who's incredibly talented, like super freak athlete. But you can't maximize him because Kenny Pickett can't throw it. That's why every time you watch a highlight of his, it's a sideline catch. It's an out route because that's all Kenny Pickett could throw. Give me short, quick passes that I could throw in rhythm. And that's it. That's all I could throw. That's all I could do. That's all Kenny Pickett can do. How far do you think you're going to get with Kenny Pickett? And I'm interested to see what it's going to be like when the weather gets real cold. And that little noodle arm has to slice through. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. I think it's going to be a real problem for them. And that's my problem with Kenny Pickett. I just think for whatever reason, the sports world is overlooking his obvious deficiencies and heaping praise on him like they want him to be successful. Is it just because he went to Pittsburgh and now he got drafted by Pittsburgh and he's playing in the same stadium? Like, is that it? Like, I'm not really sure why anyone's in love with him. Even his story is not not unique. He wasn't highly recruited. Yeah, because he wasn't highly good in high school. (laughs) They didn't want him to start at Pittsburgh. Yeah, because he wasn't the best player there. Then he got his shot. He took advantage of it. But until last year, nobody was thinking about Kenny Pickett. Like, I don't understand. Look, I'm sure he's a cool guy. I'm sure he's a cool guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. But, man, I'll be honest with you. I I don't get it. 
I think what you're looking at is the finished product. I think what you're looking at is him maxing out on his potential. I don't think he's going to do anything in the offseason to greatly improve his arm strength or his arm talent. I don't think he can. I think that's what it is. Like Teddy Bridgewater, that's what he was. Like, yeah, we all accept like Teddy Bridgewater was pretty. He was all right. He was good. But like nobody was thinking Teddy Bridgewater is about to get you to a chip. Nobody was thinking Teddy Bridgewater is going to light the league up. Like, you wasn't scared of Teddy. <laughs> like, when you went against the Vikings with Bridgewater, you wasn't worried about what Teddy was going to do. I'm just saying, man. That's just, look, it's all going to come to light. I think I'm right, but hey, man, we'll see. So this is the point of the show where I would like to say, hey, listen, if you're not a college football fan, and if you're not more specifically an Ohio State or Michigan fan, I would ask you to please exit now. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to spend talking about this. It might be five minutes. It might be 50. I have no idea. I got a lot of thoughts, a lot to say. I really want to break it down and get into it. But if you're not interested, look, I totally understand. And if you don't want to stay around because, look, I might get animated. I might get hyped. I don't know what's going to happen. Something funny might. You might find it entertaining. I don't know. I would like you to stay. But if you don't, if you want to go, it's cool. I get it. Thanks for coming this week. I'll be back next week. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'll see you next week. So take care. If you did stick around, let's get into it. All right. Before we get into the college football playoff rankings, because quite honestly, they were best case scenario for an Ohio State fan. Um, I, before I get into that, I have to start. Look, I didn't do a show last week. And uh, it started out as I was going to do a show. It was Thanksgiving. So I was going to record. I ended up having this weird situation happen. Like I was supposed to get surgery this week. It didn't happen. I totally messed up, missed an appointment. Uh, So it got pushed back. But I was trying to scramble last minute to try to make sure I can get my pre-op stuff done so I can't get it, blah, blah, blah. You don't care about that. But that's besides the point. So I I didn't really have a chance to record because I was worrying about that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to record after the Ohio State-Michigan game. I'll do a special episode, put it out on like Sunday or Monday, uh, and that'll That'll kind of be that. Well, uh, the game, as you know, uh, didn't go the way I wanted it to. And it hurt. It hurt. It was disappointing. But here's the thing. I was not disappointed in the result of the game because Ohio State lost. Because let's be honest. Losses happen. Um, Full disclosure, full honesty. When Ohio State was beating up on Michigan for years, I think it was, what, eight straight? Eight straight years they were winning. Every one of those years that they played, I always said, at some point, Michigan's going to win. At some point, Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. And when it happens, I have to be ready for it because it's going to feel weird to watch your team, which has been so dominant over another, finally lose. Like, it's just going to happen, right? So I would always go and think, man, is this the year? Is this the year it happens? And I remember, what, two years ago, um, Michigan scored first, went right up the field and scored first. And my first thought was, oh, man, is this going to be the year? And then they ended up getting smacked around. So it, it wasn't the year. But it's always been a thing of like, man, is is this the one? And it was always kind of like a, a nervous feeling, right, as a fan. Because you like, what do you do? Like, how do you, 
uh, is it going to be okay? Like, <laughs> because you haven't experienced it in so long, you don't know what that feels like, right? So I'm not mad that they lost. That's not what, what made me upset. That's not what hurt me as a fan. Here's what hurt me as a fan. Michigan was down 20 to 17 at the half. And they had uh, two big plays in the first half. That was it. We can all agree. No matter what fan you are of what team, if you were watching that game in the first half, uh, J.J. McCarthy threw like a seven-yard out route against man coverage. The receiver made a good play. Uh, Defender missed the tackle. He was off to the races. There was nobody there. Like a 70-yard touchdown. Then... Uh, a couple plays later, the receiver makes a good move. Safety gets turned around. He's wide open. It's like a 75-yard touchdown. Outside of those two plays, Michigan's offense was dead in the water. They weren't doing anything, okay? Take those two big plays away, you're down 20-3, to three, right? So as a fan, you're thinking, all right, they got two big plays, but like, hey, that happens. Blown coverage, busted coverage, whatever. It's all good. We got the lead. Our offense isn't playing the best. We'll be good. Right? That's what you think. Then they come out in the second half. Michigan gets the ball first. They go down and they score. They're up 24 to 20. And at that moment, it was that moment in the game, because they took like a crazy amount of time off the clock. I watched my team, Ohio State, fold under the pressure. They folded under the pressure. Of we have to beat Michigan. We can't lose again. And you could see it. You could see it in, in Ryan Day pacing the sideline. You could almost see it in CJ Stroud where it was almost this like it was a weird vibe in the whole stadium. And even Joel Klatt said it on the broadcast. They said on the sidelines, you have Ohio State looking like they're getting tight. They're thinking not again. And on the other side, you got Michigan excited, dancing around, having fun. And you saw that difference, right? And I watched my team melt and wilt under the pressure of we can't lose again. And I I never thought I would watch my team just fall apart the way they did. And it hurt because of all the games to fall apart, that's not the one. That's not the one. Not against them. Not against Michigan. Right? Don't don't fall apart against them. Don't get tight. Don't get nervous. Don't be afraid of losing to them. Because lose, fine, you lost. Hey, it happens. It's football. You go into a game, you got a 50-50 shot. Okay, that's fine. We as fans, can, I can always accept that as a fan. You lost. Hey, it happens. No big deal. But you can't fold up like that. You can't. Two, two 70 plus yard runs. In the second half, two, like, are you kidding me? So I have to say now, look, I have to say, last year I came out and said, oh, be careful, Michigan, don't talk trash, we're going to see you again, blah, blah, blah. No, I can't. I'm not saying that this time. I'm not. I'm going to say the Big Ten now belongs to Michigan. Michigan's top dog. 
I hate saying it. It bothers me. For the last decade, Ohio State has ran that conference. They've been the team you have to chase. And now, after two straight blowout losses, you are now chasing them. And you know the worst part about saying that? You can't find a single person in this country who would tell you, talent for talent, Michigan's better than Ohio State. Not a single one. Go from position to position, and if you ranked all the top players, Ohio State ranks top everything. You would get running back, maybe. Maybe you get running back. And I say maybe because Travion Henderson didn't play. Mayan Williams played only a couple snaps. Like, he wasn't healthy. So maybe... It's, it's closer than you would think, but you probably get Blake Horm at, at, as the better running back and maybe your offensive line, right? But your quarterback, no. Defense, no. Receivers, hell no. If you ask, like, the, if you ask the top three teams, right, in college football in the playoffs, who would they rather play, Ohio State or Michigan? Every single one of them would rather play Michigan. Like that, so that's what sucks the most. That's what sucks the most. Is even Michigan fans would say, "Hey, we beat you." They're not even the better team, but they beat you. Michigan's not better than Ohio State, but they beat them by twenty-two points on the road after beating them by twenty points last year. So Michigan owns it. So if Ohio State wants to be top dog, they now have to go through Michigan. That has to be the attitude. And so after this game, a couple things were exposed to me. Number one, Ohio State and their fans, myself included, have gotten so arrogant and so entitled because of the success that they've had in the last decade. Because we've beat up on Michigan, who was in the dumpster, in the toy, that, that Michigan was garbage. They were garbage for a long time, like trash. Okay. We beat up on them. Because we went from Trestle to Fickle for a year to Urban Meyer, now to Ryan Day. They went from what, Lloyd Carr to Rich Rodriguez to. The other dude, <laughs> the big oof, you know. Then they were like they bounced around from coaches, right? Then they got Jim Harbaugh, who's a good coach, who's a real coach. And we've gotten so entitled to think, oh, we're so good. We're Ohio State. You're Michigan. You're beneath us. Ugh. I came in the last two years and called for a met like a smack. Like they're going to wash Michigan. It's a good thing I didn't sh- do a show last week because I was going to say the same spiel. They're going to wash Michigan. I said in my house to my family, there's no way. It's not possible that Michigan can actually beat Ohio State. It's not possible. They don't have the talent. It's not. It can't happen. So I've gotten arrogant. I know other Ohio State fans have gotten arrogant and gotten entitled to think that beating Michigan is just that's what we do. But look at the season, look at the totality of the rivalry, 50-50. So now, so now that that arrogance has come to play, when you see Michigan win and you see the fans react the way we're reacting, it's like, ugh, what have we become? 
I always looked at when I was younger, I always looked at Ohio State as as like that for me that the 2002 national championship team perfectly represents what I believe the Ohio State is. A team that fights so hard, that plays so disciplined, that just keeps grinding away. Right? Like unexpected. They're not, you know, they're just Hey, man, we're going to come in. We're going to fight. We're going to do it this way. We're going to boom, 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 give you everything we got. That 2002 team, man, was top notch. Just got it done. Right? Then Urban Meyer comes in, changes things a bit, gets more explosive. I mean, yeah, that started with Jim Trussell towards the end with Troy Smith. And then... uh why am I drawing a blank on names? Terrell Pryor, right? Then you started getting a little more open and spread and stuff. Sure, but Urban Meyer came in and really said, no, 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 we're going to go start recruiting speed. We need to play on the level of of Florida, and Georgia, and Alabama, and LSU, those guys. Those are, that's our competition. So that's the second thing that came to light for me. Not only are we arrogant and entitled as Ohio State fans, but also, when Urban Meyer came to Ohio State, Michigan was a dumpster fire. So what Ohio State said was, hey, we, keep, we could beat the Big Ten. We're good enough right now to win the Big Ten title. With the talent we got right now that we've been recruiting, right now we can win a Big Ten championship any given year. But then when we get to the national stage and to the BCS Bowl, or the BCS championship game, we're getting smacked around by the SEC, right? It happened Florida in 2006, LSU 2007, right? So we're having a a, a problem with those teams. And the biggest problem is athletes. The athletes they're recruiting are on a different level than what we're recruiting. So Urban Meyer came in with the mandate of, we're going to build an SEC team in the North. That's basically what he did. The guys they recruit, where they recruit, all of those recruiting bases, that's what they did. And so they set a new standard. They said, look, we're going to beat the Big Ten. Like, if we create this team we're trying to create, we're going to walk through the Big Ten. But then when we get to the championship games, we have the guys now that could do it. And that's why they beat Alabama. That's why they beat Oregon and won the first college football playoff championship. Right? Because they built the team to do that. Beating Michigan and beating Penn State and all those teams on the way, like we don't care about them. Our, we're focused on how we can beat these other teams. And by doing that, we can beat everybody else. You know what Michigan did that whole time? Michigan thought smaller. They said, we have to beat Ohio State. And because Ohio State is so good, if we can beat them, then we could beat everybody else too. We don't have to chase Those guys, we just have to chase Ohio State. So let's build our team to beat Ohio State. And by doing that, if we're successful, we'll be capable of beating anybody else too. See, you have a whole sideline and a whole team in Michigan that wants to beat Ohio State. Michigan players want to. They really want to. Ohio State feels like they have to beat Michigan. And the difference is when the game gets close and it gets tight, you don't feel pressure because you want to do something. You feel the pressure of, oh my God, 
we have to do this or else. And that's what Ohio State was facing on Saturday. When Michigan came out and punched them in the mouth to go up 24-20, Ohio State said, oh no, we have to win or else. Like, what's going to happen if we lose? And it was a different energy other than the, yeah. Michigan was like, yeah, yeah, we, we want this. We want this fight. We want a fight. We want a dog fight. We want this. And that's a problem. So after this loss, I'm hoping that uh, I know I have personally, I have been humbled as a fan. I have to come out and say that Michigan now runs the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten championship goes through Michigan. And if Ohio State wants to win the Big Ten again, they're going to have to go through Michigan. And Michigan's going to make them earn it. So, look, I will give Michigan credit for saying, hey, I don't think you're better. Right. But I think you are built to beat Ohio State. What you like to do, you're able to beat Ohio State. Now, Ohio State has to respond and figure out a way to say, "Okay, we got to change things up a bit. I personally, I think it was very telling that Ohio State sold out on the run. From from snap one, it was man to man coverage on the back end. Nobody deep. Everybody crowd the box. We're not going to let you run. That that shows like for me, partly it was like, well, do you not think your your defense, your front seven could hold up against the run? You got to put extra bodies in there. Like, are you trying to say we know you guys are going to get pushed around? So we got reinforcements. Don't worry. Like, I don't know. It's just something something about it just felt like, whoa, whoa, whoa. From the jump was your Ohio State. You're going to adjust what you do to for them. No, no, no. You got to come out and dictate terms. And I think that mental, I think mentally, Michigan won before the first snap because they got Ohio State to play their game as opposed to Ohio State coming out and saying, no, 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 we're going to make you play. This is how we play. And again, I think that goes back to being entitled. I think that goes back to being, um, feeling like you have to win. We all knew Ohio State got pushed around last year in the run game. So what did they do? They spent the whole year preparing to load up the box and dare you to throw. And when they dared them to throw and they were successful, they said, oh, crap. Well, we're going to have to give that up. But don't worry, the offense will be good. And it's like, oh, boy. Again, man, that feeling of you have to do it or else versus that feeling of I want this. (sighs) Jim Knowles, uh, defensive coordinator for Ohio State, if you didn't know, was brought here for this reason. was to improve the defense because the defense last year was awful. And more importantly, to come up with a game plan against Michigan that would allow them to to win that game. And he failed. And I think think that, that hurts him. I think he probably feels a way about it. Uh, I think Ryan Day feels a way about it. I know the school probably feels a way about it. I know all of the fans do. And most of the fans, what I've been reading mostly is the fans aren't blaming the players. They're blaming the coaches. And they're saying the coaching staff failed the players. And that's partly true. But I will say, look, Ohio State fans who are calling for Ryan Day to get fired, you're an idiot. 
You're 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 so 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 dumb. <laughs> Ryan Day is forty five and five as the head coach of Ohio State. You've won two Big Ten titles, right? In his four years, and you've been to the college football playoff twice, and you got to the championship once. And his time there, and you want to fire him because he's got a one and two record against Michigan. If he wins the next four. He's going to have a 5-2 and two record versus Michigan, and you won't care. Right? You see what I'm saying? You see how quickly things can change? If they won this year, he's got a 2-1 and one record, and now it's like, oh, he's a god. If they lose, he's 1-2. It's like, oh, get rid of him. He's a bum. Like, no. The guy is a great coach. He's 31-2 and two versus the Big Ten. I think, like, three of his five losses came against the top five. And you know what's crazy about that? Two of those losses were in the college football playoff. One of them against Clemson in the playoff, and the other one in the championship game against Alabama. Two of your losses, two of your five career losses, came in semifinal and finals games. The guy, Listen, Ohio State's not losing to run-of-the-mill teams. When they lost to Oregon last year, it was like a shock. Like, whoa, what? They're dominating the Big Ten in terms of beating everybody except Michigan, which sucks. (laughs) You've had in 2020, you had the number five recruiting class. In 2021, you had the number two recruiting class. You're probably going to finish in the top five for 2022 and 2023. You're having great recruits come in. You're doing great. You're getting elite talent. This guy and this coaching staff is fine. What happened was you lost a game. A game. That's it. But now we have to turn the page and we have to start talking about what this means for their playoff hopes. Now, I'm going to be be straight up, straightforward, as transparent as I can be. As a fan of college football, Ohio State should make the playoff. They're 11-1. Their one loss came in a rivalry game. Yes, it was at home. Yes, it was by 22. But do you honestly feel if you put them on the field, would you take – would you take – would you take USC over Ohio State? Would you would they be favored? No, they wouldn't. Would Alabama be favored? No, they wouldn't. Ohio State is one of the four best teams in the country. And if you put them up against TCU, you'd probably favor them against TCU. And if you put them up against Michigan again, they'd probably be favored in the game against Michigan too. If we're just being honest, we're talking about the odds. So as a fan, if if you had to choose, if I had to choose between USC and Ohio State, I'm putting Ohio State in. I think Ohio State is better than USC. I think USC's defense is trash. They've been trash, and I think USC is going to have a hard time against Utah. So if they squeak in and they barely beat Utah, do I think that they're better than Ohio State? No, I don't. Because if Ohio State had beat Michigan, they would be in no matter what. Kind of like Michigan is. Michigan can lose to Purdue and still be in. I don't think one loss is going to say, you have one loss, so do I, but I'm better than you because I won more recently. Like, no, please, get out of here. Get out of here. But as a fan of Ohio State, no, they should not be in. And the reason why I say that is because I say it to be fair. If Ohio State beat Michigan on Saturday and everyone was like, well, Michigan's 12-1, and should they be in? I would say absolutely not. And the reason why is because going into the game, This was for a a spot in the college football playoff. The loser wasn't going to make it in. 
We knew that. We established it. It was already established. Loser is not making it to the college football playoff because you're not going to be able to play in the championship game. Your season is done. You got no games left. They're going to go off to the conference championship game, probably win and be in. And the loser is going to be on the outside looking in. That's why the game was so important. That's why the two undefeated teams was so important. That's why two versus three was so important. And I would be furious as an Ohio State fan. If Ohio State went out there, beat Michigan, and the Michigan still got to go to the playoff, I'd be furious. And so would you. Every every Ohio State fan out there, you'd be furious too. But now that you're in this situation, if you want to pretend like, no, we should be in there, man, you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be caping and you wouldn't be saying Michigan deserves to be in there, too. You would say that's not right, that they get to lose and still back their way in. So let's be fair. Ohio State shouldn't either. But (laughs) if the universe loves me, if the sports world wants to throw me a bone and sneak them in there, I'll take it. I will. I'll take it. But I won't be mad if they don't. And I'll swallow my medicine. And I'll accept that this is the fate. Hey, man, what are you going to do? So the rankings came out. And Georgia's number one. Michigan moved up to two. TCU stays at three. And USC moved up into four like we expected. But the big thing is Ohio State is five. Alabama six. And also last night in the interview, uh, the spokesperson for the board said that as far as Alabama and Ohio State go, the case has already been made. Nothing would happen to swap that order. In other words, like no matter what happens, Alabama's not jumping Ohio State. Ohio State is next in line. So should one of these teams fall, Ohio State is in. So as a fan... I am praying. I am praying with all of my might that one of these teams fall. Because I here's the thing. Here's 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 my dream scenario. Here it is. It's the same thing I said last year, but it's not gonna happen. I would love for Georgia to lose to LSU. Georgia's still going to be in the top four because guess what? They've been undefeated. They'll probably drop to three, right? Then I want Michigan to destroy Purdue. I want want it to be like an 85-0 game, like undeniable, boom, boom, whatever. They move up to one. I want TCU to win. They move up to two. Georgia moves down to three. And I want USC to lose. And now Ohio State slides into that four spot. And you know what happens next. One verse four. Ohio State gets to play Michigan in the playoff. On a neutral field. In a warm weather city. Mmm boy. Oh boy. (laughs) If the sports gods love me. They will grant me this wish and allow this to happen. Because as much as I think Ohio State folded, I think if they could rebound and play them again immediately, I think that's different than saying you have to wait till next year. Because now, because now for me, it would be it will be real personal. 
This just happened a week ago. And if you find out a week later, you're playing them again. And you have 20 days to prepare just for them. For them. That team that just beat you. You get to prep for them. And weather's not a factor. Because either it's warm or it's indoors. So it's going to be ideal conditions. You can look at all the mistakes you just made. Not a year later when you have different players. When the quarterback's going to be different. The running backs are going to be different. The offensive linemen are going to be different. Like so many things are going to be different on both sides. No, you get it right away. Immediately. It's a different game. And how sweet would it be? (laughs) How sweet would it be? If Michigan, you would have to hear them complaining how it's not fair. Right? Because it wouldn't be. It would be really unfair if that happened to Michigan. But hey, I hate Michigan. So tough. Deal with it. But to have to play them again in the playoff. So now you you get the benefit of it's not fair. It's not fair. Right? Then you're going to get that fake confidence. Like, well, we beat them before. We'll do it again. But we all know, like, Come on, you got to say that. But in the back of their minds, they'd be thinking, crap, like, oof, this is going to be tough. It was tough the first time. So you have that going into the game. Then the game you have, if they were to lose, man, you lost to your rival in a playoff game. Now your season is done to them. Now they have to watch you go. Now on the other side, though, how devastating would it be to lose to Michigan twice in the same year? Oh, heartbreaking. So as Ohio State fans, we have to root for specifically Utah to beat USC again. It's going to be tough, man. If if all four teams win, that's the playoff. It's set. If Georgia loses or Michigan loses or TCU loses, I think they're all still in. Now, there's, there's questions where people say, well, if TCU loses and Ohio State can move up. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if I would take a one loss. See, that's the thing, because they both would have one loss. And their one loss, like, if you ugh, if you want to do it, you could say that Ohio State's loss was better because it was to, Ohio, to Michigan, who's the number two team, whereas they would be losing to the number, like, 13 team. Like, ugh, I don't want to heap that much praise on Michigan. <laughs> I mean, I already said that the Big Ten runs through them. Is that, is that not enough? Okay. Let's not get carried away. But but you know that's just you know I don't know. I I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping and I'm praying to the sports gods to to do me a solid. I just wanna see it. I just wanna see it. I I nothing would make me happier than to see the chaos that would be created by somehow Michigan and Ohio State playing in the college football playoff. It would be, it would be, first of all, I think just for college football alone, it would be unbelievable. It would be the highest rated college football game of all time, with no, without question, like easily surpassing any other number. And I believe the one just last week was has that record now. This one would be even bigger even bigger so i wonder if if the committee will do it just (laughs) because like let's say like for example let's say usc loses 
Obviously, they got two losses. They're out. Ohio State automatically moves up one, right? Do you switch Michigan and Georgia just to get that matchup? You put it on in prime time. Oh, 8 o'clock slot. Are you kidding me? You have to, right? At that, if like I'm not saying let's let's take TCU or USC out completely, like just just screw them over. I'm saying if by chance one of them loses, and so you have to move the next team up, do you do it just just cause? <laughs> just cause? Just because you have like they're already in Ohio State would at that point would uh, hear me out. Ohio, let's USC loses. USC loses, so hey, they're out. Ohio State is in. You got your four set. At that point, do you say, let's reorder them just so we can get this matchup? Let's just reorder it so we can get the matchup. Now, I get what you might be thinking. You might say, well, actually, it'd be a greater matchup if you had Ohio State versus Georgia and then um, TCU versus Michigan. Because then you run the chance of having Michigan-Ohio State play for the championship. And that's an even bigger story. The problem is, George is a tough out, and so is TCU. So you run the risk of neither one of them winning, or one of them winning and not the other. But you won't know that. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Unless you're going to say you're going to do some funny stuff to get both of them in there. But I don't want that as a fan. So just have them play first round, like first game, one versus four. Please, please. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's my time, y'all. Look, I had a good time today. Uh, this went a lot longer than I thought it would. I thought it'd be like a 20-minute episode. Um, oh, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Stop the music, stop the music, stop the music. Uh, I got some picks. <laughs> I forgot about picks. My bad. I got too caught up in my dream scenario. So we're going to pick all six conference games this weekend in college. Um, as much as I want chaos, I don't think it will be. Um, I think USC is going to beat Utah. I think playing them for a second time. I think, look, man, the chances of you beating them twice is hard. Um, Not only that, but I also think that USC is kind of playing like that team that's just coming on at the right time. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Like, it's just, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really rooting for Utah. I am. I've I've picked them all year long. I've been rooting for them all year long. After the Ohio State game last year, I earned a lot of respect for them. That team is a solid team. Uh, they play hard. I'm hoping they pull it off. I just don't think they will. So I'm taking USC. I think TCU is going to beat Kansas State. I've never believed in Kansas State. Like I don't think they're going to do me a favor and create chaos. I think TCU wins that too. I think Georgia beats up on LSU. I think Tulane is going to uh, beat UCF. I, I know they played already. I believe UCF won. I think I picked them too. Uh, but I think Tulane wins that. Again, beating a team twice in the same year is hard to do. I think Michigan walks all over Purdue. They are so trash. And I think Clemson actually pulls it out versus North Carolina. Into the NFL. Um, I got the Bills. They're favored by four over the Patriots. I'll take it. I'll take the Bills. I think they actually beat up on the Patriots a bit. Um, Lions are getting a point. First, the Jaguars. I like the Lions to win that game outright, so I'll take the Lions in the point. Um, the Vikings, they're favored by three over the Jets. I don't understand. I know the Jets have a good defense, but I think their offense is going to have a really tough day. I think Mike White's going to turn the ball over a bunch. I like the Vikings to win by more than three. Uh, the Commanders are getting two and a half over the Giants. I think the Commanders are going up. I think the Giants are going down. I think the Commanders win by at least a field goal. So two and a half is a number that 
I'm comfortable with. Uh, the Colts are getting 11 points versus the Cowboys. Now, look, I know the Colts offensively are trash. But look, man, one thing I know about the Cowboys, the Cowboys didn't cover the spread against the Giants. OK, on Thanksgiving. I don't think they cover 11. I think the Cowboys are being looked at as like, oh, they're really, really, really good. But I think the Colts run the ball well. I think the Colts' defense is better than you would expect. I've seen Dak Prescott make some boneheaded throws lately and turn the ball over. I expect that to happen again. And I've just seen the Cowboys too many times with a big number come up and just not really, they don't dominate like that. You know what I mean? Like they should. So I imagine it's going to be closer than 11. I like the Cowboys to win. But I'll take the coin, the Colts, coins, the Colts <laughs> to cover the eleven. That's my time, y'all. Look, thank you all for coming back. I hope you all had a good uh, week. Listen, uh, going forward, um, if there's any hiccups in the schedule, which around Christmas time I'm sure there will be, uh, I'll give you guys a bonus episode this time, or at least give you a heads up and let you know. No longer uh, playing it by ear for me. Um, I thank you all for supporting me. I thank you all for coming through. Listen, uh, if you have any thoughts about what I said about the Ohio State Michigan or anything else in today's episode, hit me up on social media. You can follow me on all social media platform, platforms at CyberPod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. And you can follow me there. Hit me up. I'll, I'll hit you back. We can get into some, uh, some debates going on here with my takes. So, again, I have to eat crow. The Big Ten goes through Michigan from now on. Ohio State better do something, something to counter that and they got to come back next year and win or maybe maybe the sports gods will grant all of us Buckeye fans and the Buckeyes themselves with an opportunity to redeem that loss this season let's hope listen root for chaos maybe if all of us are begging the sports gods for it they'll grant it I'll see you next week